1: And welcome Yep, to my favorite murder The mini-sode They still got it, baby Boom, easy, learned, (laughs) lines learned In and out, no biggie Wanna go first? Sure I have a neighborhood bar story You know, we were talking about house bars in neighborhoods Oh yes, house bars House bars, we already got one Amazing Hi to whoever is reading this it's mm-hmm. me. You asked for neighborhood bar stories. So here we go. Let's set the stage. It's February 1950 in West Newton, Pennsylvania. My great grandparents, Mary and Pietro had been married for 30 years and were operating a bar called the Ideal Hotel. Ooh. <laughs> Good. It's like a series on TV, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Picture a two story house close to the main road of a small town. Mary was sterilizing beer glasses when in walked a man wearing a blue jacket and a dark cap pulled low over for his forehead. He yelled at Mary to hand over all the money from the cash register. Not one to take nonsense from literally anyone. My sassy 45-year-old ancestor threw a glass full of hot water into the man's face. Hell yes, nice one. Sterilization hot water is <laughs> hot it's hot threw into the man's face Dropped below the bar grabbed the 38 caliber revolver that was conveniently kept there and started shooting through the bar at her attacker <laughs> shit yes she didn't need to pop up like fucking duck hunt or whatever she's just like through the bar did she go to the fbi <laughs> training academy because that's
0: some Quantico? serious that is some clary's Starling shit <laughs>
1: <laughs> not surprisingly he peaced out without the money he demanded according to the newspaper articles written about the incident mary had to take a sedative to calm down afterwards but it says wouldn't we all mary and pietro had quite the life together they had an arranged marriage when she was 15 and he was 20. wow pietro spent some time in prison for violating the liquor law and gambling during prohibition while also doing small jobs for the mafia Don't worry, he got out when people started to disappear. (laughs) That (laughs) Pennsylvania mafia life. Serious, yeah. Later in life, Mary worked as a travel agent and took her grandsons with her to places like the Vatican and Moulin Rouge. (laughs) You know, taking care of both ends of the spectrum. That's right, you go to the first one to cover the second one. (laughs) I'm fortunate enough to wear her wedding ring every day, and it helps remind me to be a little sassy when the situation calls for it. Then it says, time for the accolades. Thank you both for being a constant comfort and champion of mental health. During maternity leave with my twins, I listened to you almost every day, and it helped me feel less alone during bouts of crippling postpartum anxiety. Oh, God. Oh, oh, those hormones. Stay sexy and don't rob a bar owned by a sassy Italian, (laughs) question (laughs) mark. Emily, she, her. Wow. I mean, how proud you must be of your family,
0: Emily, because that is... (laughs) Just the definition of being a badass right there. Yeah.
1: yeah. So good. good. Neighborhood bars, man. <laughs> for real.
0: This is also a family story. It's in a slightly different direction. It says, my cousins were in a cult. The FBI called their dad. Three minute read. All right. It says, dear friends. Hi, I just love you guys so much. Thank you for literally everything. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank it you feels for, so weird reading the accolade part, but you don't want to I don't want to yeah. like sound like we're braggy, but I don't want to leave it out because that's like whoever like is going through fucking postpartum anxiety right now is reading is like going to feel connected to Emily. It's so hard to balance that.
0: We're, it's our job to read these emails. Everybody yes.
1: knows we're not writing these emails
0: <laughs> or I would hope I hope everyone knows we're not writing these imagine. in any way. Okay. <laughs> Let's take it on back to the mid-80s. Picture the Robin's egg blue Thunderbird in the driveway, Mm -hmm. dad flipping burgers, my cousin and I toddling around on the front porch in our diapers. My aunt is staying at her house for a couple days. My uncle, and then in parentheses it says my mom's brother, is in the Air Force and out of the country at the time. My aunt tells my mom that the distance between her and my uncle and raising three children by herself is weighing on her. Mm -hmm. She feels like she needs a new start, more support, etc. After my aunt's stay is over... My mother realizes that she's left a cassette tape in my mom's car. It's some young man with a southern twang preaching his views about religion and the government. My mom's not very big on the evangelical type, so she tossed the tape in the trash and goes about her business." Fast forward to my being seven, very unexpectedly, my cousins and uncle are staying with us for about two weeks. I haven't seen these cousins since the porch diaper days, so I'm thrilled to show them my Nintendo games and where my mom thinks she hides her stash of chocolate kisses. (laughs) So that is like a perfect summation of childhood to me. Yep. (laughs) Now at seven, I was pretty with-it kid, so I could tell that my cousins weren't like my typical friends. They didn't yell like lunatics at the top of their lungs when the TV read Game Over. They didn't partake in my pre-dinner candy heist. I remember being especially jarred when my uncle had to tell them it was okay to start eating before they picked up their forks at dinner.
1: Oof.
0: And then it just says dot, dot, dot. We weren't a Grace-saying family. We were animals. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice. laughs> Fast forward again to the second time my uncle and cousins visit. I'm now about 12 and drooling over the Hansen brothers and painting my velvet peace frog poster. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, This is quite the email. Yeah. My mother sat me down before the visit to very gently explain that my cousin, who is a year older than me, is still very much into Barbies and how she really needs me to not be my bratty self and just play dolls with her. That she didn't get to play with toys when she was younger and I just needed to do whatever my cousin wanted to do and be understanding. My mom always had this way of avoiding details when it came to, quote-unquote, adult topics, but the pleading on her face stifled any preteen tantrum she would have seen on a different occasion. It wasn't until I was an adult that the whole truth was told to me. Soon after my aunt's visit with my mother, she and my uncle divorced. Now my ex-aunt got remarried, and moved to Waco, Texas to be a part of this new church that they had discovered. That's right, my aunt, her new husband, and my cousins were now living on Mount Carmel with David Koresh as their Lord and Savior. Oh. My uncle, who had given full custody of the kids to my aunt as he was still traveling the world at the time, watched helplessly as the news stations broadcast the siege for the world to see. Relief came when the FBI called my uncle and told him that my cousins were released from the compound with the other children who were not of David Koresh's bloodline. I'm still friends with my closest in age cousin today. She and her siblings are thriving with beautiful families of their own, although they still complain when Time Magazine reaches out to them every anniversary. Yeah. Holy shit. Right? Right. The siege was horrendous by all accounts, wildly mishandled by the ATF, Mm -hmm. incorrectly reported to Janet Reno, etc. So remember, if you're in a cult, call your goddamn dad, or in my cousin's case, have the FBI do it. And if your sister-in-law leaves a cassette tape of David Koresh in your car, (gasps) toss that shit out. (laughs) It was David Koresh all along? It was a David Koresh cassette tape. Holy shit. And then it says... Although I will always wonder if that would be worth money today had she kept it. (laughs) And then it just says Becky, she, her.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, Becky. Becky. That's an epic one. I can't get through the Waco documentary. It's so hard.
0: All of those things. It's just very difficult because it's kind of like, the frog in the water that slowly gets turned up, right? Yeah. So, the people that were in that room, the people that went there first, people like Becky's aunt who were just listening to cassette tapes, and a guy that seemed to have yeah. hot takes on how it really should be in terms of the government uh-huh. and Christianity, just not a good
1: combination. Like, that's how it starts. And then the yeah. next thing we know, the world is on fire. But they also had no idea that they would firebomb essentially a fucking place with children inside of it. Like right?
0: Th- tanks rolling
1: up. I mean, yeah. we all watched that. It was wild. If you're too young to remember it, watch the documentary, but get a glass of wine. Do we like what we were being told is the reason they
0: were doing that? What was the real reason? Yeah. Does the do does the documentary say? Cause like I
1: haven't let's watch it. <laughs> let's watch it now okay yep okay bye
0: hey georgia huh what a george washington sattva and all of us have in common an obsession with luxury mattresses correct You already know that George traveled around with three different beds during the Revolutionary War, but did you know that this is your last chance to shop Sattva's President's Day sale?
1: What? Sattva provides customers with an unparalleled mattress buying experience that truly embodies the meaning of luxury. You'll be taken care of every step of the way with accessible prices, complimentary white glove delivery, 24-7 customer care, and eco-friendly product selection. All of Sattva's handcrafted
0: eco-friendly mattresses are made to order in the USA with premium Materials that meet the
1: highest health and environmental safety standards. Sotfa mattresses are hand delivered and set up in your home, never compressed in a box for doorstep shipping. That is very true.
0: In fact, that white glove service brings the Sotfa mattress to your door. It gets cut out of its wrapping, and people set it up for you, and then take your old mattress away. It's that level white glove shipping. I was blown away at the service when my sattva mattress was delivered enjoy a luxurious night's sleep fit for a president right now you'll find incredible savings during the sattva president's day sale that's sattva.com slash murder that's s dot
1: slash murder goodbye icelandic honeymoon with a spooky twist mm. it says alejandra note i added in pronunciations for the icelandic names <laughs> Mm. Wait, Alejandra, does that mean you did it or that person? Yeah, I put them in. I spent a lot of time looking up these Icelandic (laughs) pronunciations. Alejandra, what if I hadn't even picked this one? How mad Uh, would you have been? I wouldn't be mad at all. You know what? Then it's a little safer. But I did a lot of research.
0: Wow. You're so sweet. I thought the author of this email was like, Alejandra,
1: just so you know, it. That's don't what worry I thought about- too. <laughs> no. Oh, no. it's just straight up Alejandra. <laughs> it was thank me. you. I got your back. Thank you. Mm. Appreciate you. Hello to Georgia, Karen, and the rest of the MFM crew who brought me all of my favorite podcasts. Hey. And then at TYSM, thank you so much. I'm yeah. deducing. <laughs> YW. <laughs> For our honeymoon, my husband and I embarked on a 15-day road trip around Iceland. Our car actually served as our honeymoon suite, too. We rented a small Jeep-like thing that came with a collapsible tent attached to its roof. It says, I know, romantic, huh? (laughs) It was around 11 p.m. on our fifth day when we realized we should have stopped at the campground we had passed an hour earlier. Too tired to keep driving, and in the middle of absolutely nowhere, we pulled over into what we thought was a truck stop to catch some Z's. That's when the wind picked up, big time. I was startled out of my sleep by the sound of our violently flapping tent and howling gusts in fucking Iceland. Mm-hmm. Don't they have like gremlins and shit?
0: <laughs> snow gremlins? I don't know. Yeah, snow gremlins. That's all. There's a documentary about that too.
1: <laughs> I can't get through it. My heart was racing and I was shook. I looked over at my husband, but he was out cold. He was doing all the driving, so I mustered up some self-control in order to let him sleep. It was just a little wind after all, right? I managed to calm myself down and get back to bed. When we woke up, my husband told me he was totally spooked the entire time we were parked there. I was like, oh, cute. Join the club. As we zipped the heck out of there, we noticed there was a plaque by the other end of the lot. Uh And then it says, LOL. Here's what it said. Mm. The last execution in Iceland took place here when Fredrik Sigurðson and Magnus Dartir, thank you Alejandra, <laughs> uh, were put to death on January 12th, 1830. They had murdered Natan Kettelson and Peter Jansen at Natan's farm in 1828. Their bodies were interred without ceremony at the site of the execution where they had spent the fucking night and their heads displayed on pikes. It says this on the plaque. They were later reburied in a cemetery. (laughs) And then it says grand old place for a snooze, huh? I mean, it's like going to a haunted house and spending the night there. An outside haunted house. Yeah. Stay sexy and don't take naps at execution sites. Be from Toronto. Good advice. It also says, P.S. If this gets picked, I sincerely apologize for making you attempt the pronunciation of those Icelandic <laughs> names XOXO. <laughs> there is a lot of...
0: Now I'm thinking I and mean, I won't be able to remember, remember the name, but I recommended a Icelandic series mm-hmm. on the main show one time that was kind of about like the creatures in iceland coming out of the mountain and right. basically it's so good it's on netflix i love iceland so much
1: oh my god it's gorgeous
0: it's so great but i mean it is very there's lots of old legends and lots yeah. of creatures and like that's the whole vibe that island yeah also they're going through it with their the volcanic eruption jesus we should go there oh my god i want to go there so bad have you seen the blue lagoon yeah it's like is a hot there it's a hot spring no, oh not the <laughs>
1: No, <laughs> that doesn't make that no nope. <laughs> no they have yes i know everyone always posts when they ever, ever go to iceland it's like okay we'll post your fucking photo of you at yeah. that beautiful lagoon
0: put your mud on your face and put your <laughs> hair in a bun and get in there but there's a hotel that's right on that lagoon so you mm. can actually like walk out of your room and be in that hot spring oh my god i want to go that's my dream yeah and of course all the tinned fish mm. okay This is a hidden treasure story. It says, Greetings, MFM fam, both human and otherwise. I've written in a couple of times with my own stories, but maybe my husband's will make the cut. It did. Ha ha. (laughs) High five to the husband. Mm -hmm. Okay. I say this in good nature because I love you all so much. I know you can only take so much gushing, so I'll get down to it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank God. You. Appreciate it. hate it. I was sharing a different mini episode hidden treasure story with my husband. He tends to enjoy them as they remind him of his late father. A little about my father-in-law. He was born in 1945 to working class parents who were greatly impacted by the Great Depression. Think canning food, stealing extra napkins from restaurants, and not trusting major banks, i.e. hiding physical money. Yeah. My husband's dad maintained the depression mindset well into adulthood and fatherhood. He was a caring and practical man who also served in the Navy during the Vietnam War. In the early 90s, my husband was an adorable eight-year-old needing a costume for a church play. His incredibly resourceful mother remembered an old Navy dress cap taking up space in the basement. She gave him the cap for his costume, and when the day of the play arrived, both his parents were there for the performance. Upon seeing the cap being worn on stage by my little baby husband, my father-in-law completely lost it. He was known for his calm demeanor, and the outburst was completely out of character. My husband said it was one of the few times in his life he remembered his parents having a loud argument. Whoa. So why the freak out? What's
1: that like? Yeah. (laughs) Literally, it always sounds
0: like people are having a loud argument at our house. And that's just like, basic, like, hey, what's up? What do you want for breakfast? (laughs) So why the freak out? My father-in-law had stashed roughly $2,700 in the inside brim (gasps) of that (laughs) cap. And then in parentheses, it says $6,153 in today's money. Holy shit. He told my mother-in-law everything except where he tended to stash actual cash. My husband is not sure how the fight was resolved, but the cash hiding remained an ongoing habit. After my father-in-law was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, my in-laws moved to Colorado while cleaning out the basement of my husband's childhood home. They would end up finding nearly $15,000 in hidden cash.
1: And you know what? That's all they found. The fucking amount. This is where we get our goodwill. I found cash in an old fucking desk story from.
0: Exactly. Like it was some weird spot that somebody was like, no, let's be extra secretive with this one.
1: Stop it. Amazing.
0: Along with enough napkins and sugar packets to ensure survival (laughs) if society collapsed. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: I only got to know my father-in-law for a few years before his passing. Each memory I have of him is special and unique. Alzheimer's is a novel disease. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. However, I am grateful for memories like these that keep him alive and with us. Thank you all for the wonderful show. I've been listening since episode five. Whoa. Holy shit. I haven't been listening since episode <laughs> five. <laughs> You make me laugh, you help me learn, and I appreciate all the good you do in the world. Stay sexy and always check inside the cap. Elaine, she, her.
1: Elaine, that's my auntie's name. That's a good old-fashioned name. Yeah, that's a great name. And that was a great email. It was. I love hidden money. Wow. (gasps) Treasure.
0: madeincookware.com.
1: That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Okay, here's a question for you. What do ice, cat litter, and laundry detergent all have in common? If you said they're heavy AF, you're right. Or if you said you don't know you're out of them until it's too late, you're also correct. Most importantly, these items can all be ordered directly to your house with DoorDash. At this point, we all know and love that DoorDash can deliver our go-to comfort meals from our favorite restaurants. But did you know that you can also order household cleaning essentials and even over-the-counter pharmaceutical products through DoorDash? That's right. DoorDash is here to help you in a pinch. Like the 30 minutes before you host a party when you look around and feel like you're missing something, quickly get extra decorations, scented candles, or beer and wine delivered right to your door or the day after the party when you realize you don't have enough garbage bags, wet wipes, or ibuprofen to make it through cleanup, DoorDash has you covered. DoorDash is perfect for my parties because every single time we don't get enough ice. Everyone always needs ice and they forget it. And running to the store when your party's about to start or when it's already started or in the middle of it is a nightmare. So having DoorDash drop off some ice or party supplies or whatever you need is so awesome. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. Must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, alcohol available only in select markets. Goodbye. I'm not going to read the title of this one. Okay. But it says short and sweet story. Hi, Karen and Georgia. I've been listening since the early days, but for some reason have never actually sat down to write this in. Now, every week when I listen to the mini I think to myself, gosh darn it, write that hometown in. <laughs> so here I am. Hi. In 2015, I moved back home to Renton, Washington to live with my parents after college. This coincided with my new obsession with MFM, all things true crime, and reading murder mysteries. My mom, a child welfare lawyer, mm. had enough horror in her day-to-day work and could not understand my new interest. Fucking fair enough. Yes. But being the supportive mom she was, she tried to connect with me. One day in the kitchen while we were eating breakfast, seemingly out of the blue, she goes, you know, Anne Rule was my brownie troop leader. <gasps> <laughs>
0: <Ooh>. <laughs> When you said Renton, Washington, I was like, I feel like that's an important city for this genre for some reason. Oh, my God.
1: It is. I remember just staring at her. She calmly got her things ready to go to work as if she hadn't just dropped an amazing true crime bomb on me. (laughs) I was too dumbfounded to ask any follow up questions at the time. I know this is not much of a story, but rather a neat bit of information about Anne rule and my mom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who would have guessed that the same woman who wrote about serial killers was also the leader of eight-year-old Girl Scouts? She oh, contained yeah. multitudes. She did it all. She did it
0: all. She also made friends with, with Ted Bundy. That's she could right. do anything.
1: My mom passed away from ovarian cancer in 2021. And while we never shared a love of true crime, every time Ann Rule is mentioned on your podcast, I think of her. She always tried to connect with mine and my sister's interests, no matter how niche or out of her comfort zone they were. She was a fiercely loyal friend, proud feminist, and my biggest supporter. While she probably wouldn't be thrilled that murder makes me think of her, (laughs) I am forever grateful that I get to carry this fun fact with me wherever I go. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. Kayla.
0: Kayla, your mom was the greatest. Yeah. I mean, God, children's welfare lawyer. (sighs)
1: The just,
0: the day-to-day. The strength it would take to do that. Yep. Okay, well then, you know what? I was going to do, I was going to read a different one, but now I'm going to read this one from my last email. Okay. And the subject line is, and rule connection. What? Yep. And it just says, hiya, buds. I've been listening since the beginning. Bless you for all you've accompanied me through. The 2016 election alone, <sighs> my God. <laughs> God. When I was a teen in Sarasota, Florida, And then it says, in parentheses, beautiful to visit, absolutely bonkers Republican retiree shitscape to grow up in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, welcome to Orange County, California.
0: (laughs) Hi. My mom was secretly developing a pain pill addiction and writing emails back and forth with Ann Rule. What? My mom is an OG murderino. I remember growing up, she'd clip articles out of the newspaper about local murders. And then it says, the 90s version of podcasting or something I should be way more worried about than I am, I, <laughs> IDK. Then it says, in 1997, a really terrible murder happened in the neighborhood we had recently moved out of. 35-year-old Sheila Belush had been tormented by her rich ex-husband for years, had remarried and moved from Texas to Florida to escape him. Mm. Her ex, Alan, hired the cousin of his golfing bag boy. I don't know why this part seems extra dumb to me, but it just does to kill her in the house she shared with her new husband and six kids. Oh my God. With a promised extra bonus, if this murder led to his regaining custody of the two kids that they'd had together during their marriage. And then it just says awful. What's maybe the worst about this is that Sheila was, by all accounts, a very careful, caring mother who often put her quadruplets in life vests in the off chance that one of them got outside while she was dealing with any of the other five children so they wouldn't drown in the pool. Holy shit. This detail may seem strange to some, but trust me, as someone who grew up in Florida and now has one child just under two, it's smart. The quadruplets were found in their life vests walking in their mother's blood. <gasps> which is a haunting detail almost always mentioned whenever anybody speaks of this murder. Sheila's body was also eventually found by one of her older children. This entire story is so trauma-filled, I almost didn't want to send it in. But I also think the difficulty of holding these kinds of stories is why murderinos talk through them together and why MFM exists. Oh. Right. Yeah. The difficulty of holding this story, in particular, is probably also why my mom emailed Anne Rule in the first place. She says she emailed her to tell her that she had to write a book about this story. (laughs) I fucking love that. She's like, Anne. Interestingly, this murder is also referred to on the book jacket of the book Anne did write as the, quote, first true crime book written at the victim's request. Because Sheila herself had said that, quote, if anything ever happens to me, find Anne Rule and ask her to write my story. (gasps) Which is just like, that's a woman living in constant terror and peril. Totally. And basically knowing this is the future. It's uh, horrifying. Then it says, I'm not sure if Anne researched and wrote this book after hearing about it from my mom, or if she was already working on it when my mom reached out to her. And I will likely never know because my mom was on drugs at the time, so her memory is wavy. The two of them did email back and forth for quite some time, though. And my mom used to love to say she, quote, just got another email from my friend Anne. When I asked her about this recently, she was weirdly tight-lipped, except to say, once she called the house looking for me, but I was at the office, so she hung up and called me there. She had a really high-pitched voice, end quote. Uh, The office, by the way, is my dad's pediatrics office where my mom was briefly the office manager. It's crazy to imagine Anne Rule calling up a pediatrician's office a thousand miles away to ask the office manager about local murder details, but I guess that's just what happened. Also, I'm just realizing this now. If my mom was at the office when Ann called the house, that means my sister or I answered the phone and told a complete stranger our mom wasn't home. Nice. I had to really prod my mom for these Anne Rule details, and she was so weird about it that I started to think maybe her interactions with Anne had been some kind of drug-fueled hallucination. But when I ordered a copy of Every Breath You Take and checked the acknowledgments section, there was my mom's name. No way. I think, honestly, she's just embarrassed she doesn't remember more about a friendship that was probably a highlight during a really dark time for her. Mm -hmm. My mom has since recovered from her addiction. It was a hard road for all of us. And for anyone out there who's dealing with addiction in their family, I feel you. But I'm proud of her for getting past it. And even though she might not remember much, it is pretty cool that she was friends With Ann Rule for a while. For sure. Anyway, sorry for the length of this letter. Thanks for everything you guys do. Stay sexy and rest in peace, Ann Rule. Smire. She, they. Wow. Isn't
1: that fucking epic? So epic. Holy shit. She was a legend, Ann Rule. Yeah. A double Ann Rule hometown. Yeah. Amazing. Write us your stories without anything that you thought of during while you were while you were hearing these and you go, oh, I should write in about that. Write it in to my favorite murder at Gmail. And thanks for listening to this podcast. Hey. Hey. And stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an exactly right production. Our senior producer is Alejandra Keck. Our editor is Aristotle Acevedo. This episode was mixed by Liana Squalaci.
0: Email your hometowns to myfavoritemurder@gmail.com at
1: gmail.com. And follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at MyFavoriteMurder and on Twitter at MyFaveMurder. Goodbye.